All right. I don't know that this table is going to do good for me because I'm shorter than Pastor. So, hey, everybody. If you can see me over my iPad, we're good. If not, I'll just step out here. I'll probably walk a lot anyways because I'm super nervous. I get super nervous talking in front of a bunch of people. I can talk in front of the youth because, you know, I can beat them up. So, <laughs> so anyways, so pastor asked me, we, we had talked a little bit about it earlier this week. Um, and he was like, you know what, we're not, going, we're not going to the graduation, so, you know, we should be good. And then Thursday night after band practice, you know, band practice already being super stressful because I got to get all of our music ready. And then he's like, oh, by the way, we've decided we can make it to the graduation. So you're going to have to, I couldn't get anybody such short notice, so I'm going to need you to speak on Sunday. So when he asked me to speak on Sunday, I automatically knew what I was going to do. I knew that I was going to stress about it till easily I get done speaking. Probably, you know, I might, I might be thinking about it on a roller coaster tomorrow in Six Flags and be like, man, why did I say that? You know, and then have that we and then, yep, I shouldn't have said that. But it's cool. We'll see. See how it goes. Um, you know, if, if y'all never see me speak again, then we know that Pastor watched and didn't care much for anything I had to say. So, but so Pastor's been speaking a little bit on faith. He will be for the next couple of weeks too. So I was thinking about how I could stay in that vein, okay? I was talking to him about some different things that I might could talk about. And he said, well, I could give you my notes. And I thought, no, if you give me your notes, I'm just going to ruin it. So why don't you just wait and tell people what's on your heart so that way they get what you're, what you're thinking and not what I'm thinking because I'll probably just mess it up. Um, you know, but as I, as I was thinking, as I was... Uh, begin to do some scripture study and think about what I wanted to share, um, I, the, the Lord began to prompt me, okay, pastor's talking about faith. I want you to talk about the way that faith affects our relationships or the way relationships affect our faith, okay? The way that, that, that the relationships that we have, he began to impress on me all the different people in my life that have continued to shore up my faith and build up my faith. Right? We all have those people. Everybody have those people in your life that, that either you can go to now or at one point was that catalyst for you that, that just you said, man, I would not be here. I would not be who I am. I would not be in church. I wouldn't be following the Lord if it wasn't for this person. Everybody have those people? Right? I have tons of those people. For me, it starts uh, primarily uh, with my parents. I tell people all the time, you know, uh, as a teenager, I used to be so upset because I didn't have this awesome testimony. I didn't have this testimony that I came out of drugs or that the Lord saved me from this or the Lord saved me from that. And, you know, that's just, that was me being a goofy teenager because I wanted to be able to get up and say, look what the Lord did. But in actuality, I began to realize that I have one of the greatest testimonies of all because the Lord saw fit to keep me from those things. That's not to diminish anybody else's testimony. That's not to diminish anything that anybody else has gone through. But I personally have not had to deal with some of the things that other, people's have, other people have to deal with. And the Lord saw fit to put me into a family that, that taught me the Lord. So the, for me, it primarily starts with my parents. It starts with my parents. Growing up, I, I did a lot of uh, Sunday school. And my parents were worship leaders. My dad was a deacon. Um, but it wasn't until in my teenage years that I began to really grasp the faith that my parents had. You know, we were Christians, yes. I saw them go to church, yes. But then in my teenage years, I began to grasp exactly and understand exactly what it meant to put our faith in the Lord. And for those of you who've heard this story, uh, you can listen again because I'm going to tell it again. For those of you who hadn't heard the story, this is the story of my family in a nutshell. Um, when, I was, when I was a teenager, uh, going into seventh grade, we moved down to Mobile from Birmingham. Uh, my dad had some job opportunities. He's a general contractor, and he did a lot of work down here. Uh, a lot of things happened that were totally beyond my father's control, okay? This is one of those things that the enemy begins to see blessing and begins to attack it, okay? So things begin to happen, and by my, my, by my sophomore year in high school, we begin to see financial troubles. We begin to see 
uh, uh, jobs not being paid that my dad had done, that were putting other jobs behind. And, and we began to see investments that my dad had made uh, and partners turn on my parents, and, and, and we began to lose everything. Uh, the Lord kept us during that time, and our junior, my junior year of high school, we moved back to Birmingham because there was an asset that couldn't be touched by the banks because it was under contract with other people. So we moved back to Birmingham, and, and I saw my parents go through difficult times, go through just trying to find anything that he could. Uh, you know, my dad was running job sites. He had a construction company, and I saw my parents go through a time where my dad had to just pick up anything he possibly could just to make money. But I saw them through this time faithfully, continually give. Put their faith in the Lord and say, if, if we don't have anything else, our tithe is going to the Lord. We are not going to stop giving the missions because it's not about us. It's about God. It's about kingdom work in the world. So I saw them to continue to give. And that faith just continued to bolster me through my high school years. And, and, now, and now the Lord has blessed them immeasurably. It's amazing the things that the Lord has done in my parents' life, even to a point where they, they had the ability to help us as a church, as a body, be able to get this building. Right? My, my grandparents, my pawpaw, uh, we're coming up in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be the one-year anniversary since my pawpaw passed. My pawpaw was one of the most amazing men of God. His faith, he continued to, to trust the Lord. He went from pastoring small churches to being state overseers back to pastoring small churches because they needed people. He was never too big for a job. If they needed it, if the church needed it, he would step up to it. He was, one of the, he, he was the man that every pastor, every preacher should strive to be like. He was meek. He was mild-mannered. He was so gentle with his congregation that he changed so many lives. At his funeral this time last year, we had a church up in Pelham, Alabama. A church was filled to standing room only because of the amount of people that my papa had, had affected. My mama, who did all those things with my papa, who, who, who was there with him uh, and, and maybe tried to correct a little bit more than sometimes Papa wanted to be corrected, right? We were lucky enough to have Mama here last week. She, she was here for our dedication, and it was, it, was, it was a wonderful thing to have Mama here to dedicate and to see me in ministry after, after the example of my Papa set. My Papa, my dad's dad, uh, who is, has such a heart for the lost. I'm sharing a lot. Because I, I can't share your experiences, I can share my experiences. So I'm sharing with you guys the people who have affected my life. Because I'm going somewhere with it. So my papa, who has such a heart for the loss that he was going to come last week with us and be with us, but had invited some gentleman to church, and the guy had come the week before, and papa wanted, papa wanted to make sure that if he came back, that there was nothing that was going to keep him from, from, from encountering the Lord. Not being, not being lonely or anything. Papa wanted to make sure that he was there to help this gentleman encounter the Lord. My Ginga, who uh, passed a few years ago, but was, had such a heart for missions, she helped establish a Bible school in Indonesia. And if you don't know, Indonesia has the highest population of Muslims in the world. Has the highest, popula has the highest Muslim population in the world. They... She helped establish the Mama Sue Bible Institute. And they have sent out pastor after pastor and established some 40-plus churches all over Indonesia. And, and, and when she passed, the people from Indonesia could not be there but wanted to send videos, wanted to face, uh, uh, Skype in. So they were there with us digitally because they, they wanted to honor my grandmother for all the things that they had done for their culture in Indonesia. My beautiful wife. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, y'all know her. Y'all know how much better than me she is, right? Yeah, there it is. Amen. That's right. Y'all know, y'all know that I lucked out on that one. And by the time she realized that she was better than me, it was too late. She was stuck. <laughs> All right. 
uh, I, you know, I, I probably, it's probably around that first Christmas that I asked for Legos for Christmas as a grown man. And she was probably like, oh my God, what in the world? So she said, what do you want my parents to get you? I said, they can get me Legos too. And she was like, oh my God. And, and by that time we were married. So I was smart enough. See, I'm smart enough not to, not to show that side until after we're married, you know. So, but you're probably thinking, okay, so this is the standard, you know, the people who have helped you through, through life, right? Well, what I wanted to take some time is to speak to you today about the, how relationships can infect your faith. How relationships are so vital to the way we think, the way we believe the Lord, okay? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Give you guys a second to turn. I see Marissa turning. She feels bad for not bringing her Bible. So she. <laughs> I love my students. They're great. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a good youth pastor if I didn't embarrass them and, and make them feel bad. So Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, Let us consider... How to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to, get, to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging each other, and all the more as the day draws near. So when Jesus came to the earth, he, he, Jesus came, and the first thing he began to teach the first thing he began to teach, we see it in Scripture, he was, he, was, he was born, we see a few childhood years, and then when he begins to start his ministry, when we see Jesus years later, and he goes to get baptized, the first thing he begins to teach is, the, is in the calling of the disciples. He calls his disciples, he says, not, hey, hey, Simon Peter, put down your nets and just believe, believe me, right? Jesus, Jesus came and initially began to teach a f teach about following him. He began to teach about following him. He, he said, come with me and I'll make you fishers of men. He, he said, I will show you what faith looks like. I will show you what faith looks like. I will show you what it means to partner with the Father in kingdom work. Because he understood, he understood that seeing is believing, right? How many of you have seen uh, Polar Express, right? Seeing is believing, believing is seeing, right? Jesus wanted to show his disciples what faith looked like, how to work that out. Even James, the brother of Jesus, when he wrote his book, in James chapter 2, verse 26, says, Faith without works is dead. It's useless. He says, show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. I'll show you my faith. I'll show you that I'm a believer in Christ because of the things that I do, the things that I accomplish, the people that I reach. So Jesus modeled that. He entered into a relationship with 12 others that would become his, his best friend. And I'd like to point out, in Scripture, there are multiple times that, G, that, that Scripture says that many came and were healed and believed on Him. But yet there were only 12 that consistently stuck with it because they wanted to be a part of what the kingdom was. And that's the gospel. The gospel is not just that Jesus came to die on the cross for our sins, but that Jesus came to show us a better way of living, to show us how to live out our faith in a way that, that, that prompts God to show up in our lives so that we can affect other people. But that's just Jesus, right? Jesus could do a lot of things that we couldn't do, right? I, I submit that the, that the disciples were moved much more by the disposition of Jesus than they were by the miracles that he performed. By the faith that he had continually walking with Jesus, that, that, that Jesus continually walked with the Lord. And so the disciples stuck it out because, like I said, you see many people who saw the miracles of Jesus, 
The disciples were there. They saw the miracles of Jesus just like everybody else did. But they got to a personal relationship with Jesus. They saw who Jesus was. They saw what kind of disposition. They saw the way he reacted with people. When Jesus was calling his disciples, Scripture saw fit to show how important the relationships in our life were. In, in the first chapter of John, we see where Jesus came to Philip. As a matter of fact, the Scripture says Jesus found Philip. Jesus found Philip, and he gave him the whole spill. You know, uh, he had already gone to Peter, he'd, and Peter called his brother Andrew, and then he found the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and, and he, said, he did the whole, hey, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. So he did that whole thing. To, he's like, that worked before, so hey, hey, Philip, follow me. I'm Jesus, right? So Philip said, hey, that sounds good. I'd like to do that. Give me just a second. I got a buddy who probably wants to hear this too. All right? So he goes and finds his, bro, his, his friend Nathaniel. He says, bro, bro, look, you got to come with me right now. We have found the Messiah. We have found the one that the scriptures have talked about. And I think it's funny here because just two, like two scriptures earlier, it says that Jesus found Philip. And now Philip's going to Nathaniel and saying, hey, hey, I found Jesus, right? But, you know, taking credit for what God's doing, that's, that's a whole other sermon. We'll, we, we can talk about that later, okay? So Nathaniel says, okay, okay, you know, we've been waiting thousands of years. We've been waiting for a long time for this Messiah. So where, where, who is this guy? Where would you say you found this Messiah? And he says, this Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel says, Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? You know, it's kind of like us when we say Theodore. Can anything good come from Theodore? You know, P.S., I live in Theodore, okay? So we're good. We're good. For all of you that live in Theodore, don't get offended. I live in Theodore too, all right? But it's kind of like that, okay? And so, so he says, look, Philip says, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know about all that. I don't know about what the... You know, I don't know why he came from Nazareth or anything, but I just know who he is. So why don't you come and see? Why don't you come and see and just decide for yourself? And I guarantee you, I guarantee you from that moment to the time he died a martyr's death, Nathaniel never regretted that decision. Never regretted it. Philip would not let Nathaniel go without meeting the Lord. And Nathaniel, having made the decision, never regretted it. I guarantee you, every time, every time Jesus performed a miracle, he's like, whoa. Another one? Whoa. Dude, Philip, bro, thanks. Thanks for calling me. Thanks for coming to get me. I would not have wanted to miss out on this. I guarantee you, Nathaniel never regretted his decision. This is what we call a providential relationship. It's a pivotal point in Nathaniel's life where Nathaniel made a decision based off of the calling of a, of a friend. Philip had come and said, hey, you got to come with me. And Nathaniel said, all right, he finally relented and said, okay, that's cool. I, I'm coming. We're good. Uh, Philip was the catalyst by which Nathaniel's life was changed forever. We all have those providential relationships. I asked at the beginning of service, you, if you had that relationship that you thought, okay, I would not be where I am if it weren't for this person, right? Everybody has those. Everybody has those. For some of you, it was early in life. For some of you, it was late in life. For some of you, you are the catalyst for someone else. For some of you, there may be people even in this room that have come because you have invited them. You have talked to them. And then eventually, as you see their faith grow, your faith is going to grow. It's kind of like, you know, that matchmaker thing. You know, how excited you get when... You know, I got a buddy who I, you know, and, and Juliana has this friend that's a girl. And I say, hey, dude, you got to meet my wife's friend. I think you guys would hit it off. And then they end up getting married, and I'm like, yes, I did that. I did that. You know, that's, that's what, like it is. When you invite someone to the Lord, and they come to the Lord, and you see their faith grow, your faith explodes because you're seeing what God is doing in their life. You're seeing the faithfulness of God. In their life. Again, for me, it was my parents. 
that catalyst was my parents. And I was growing up, you know, like I said, I grew up in, 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 uh, in church. My grandfather was a pastor and everything. And my parents were like, hey, whether you like it or not, we're going to be that catalyst. You're going to come to church. We're going to make sure that, that you learn about the Lord. And whether you like it or not, you, we're, we're going to be that pivot point for you. And it wasn't until that my, my, my sophomore, junior year and my senior year in high school that that began to take root. I, that time in my life, I went from being their child who they're trying to rear in the spiritual things to being a co-heir in Christ because I began to realize, okay, for these 16 years, this is what they've been telling me. My faith became my faith. Because I began to see what God did in their life. I began to see the blessings. And I began to see how they, they, they stood fast. And they said, no matter what, we are going to trust the Lord. In, our, in, in all things, we're going to trust the Lord. And we know that souls matter more than our financial well-being. So we are going to continue to give to the kingdom. And we are going to, get, to continue to advance the kingdom no matter what it costs us. And we are going to teach our kids to do the same thing. You want to know why some people get so disheartened with church a lot of times? It's because they begin to disconnect themselves from the relationships in the body. Because other people's faith is as much for you as it is for them. My parents' faith affected me significantly more than, than even at the time I would have wanted to admit. It may have even affected me more than it affected them. To a point where my wife can attest to this. We own our own business. To where I tell her constantly that we, we don't have to worry about that. The Lord's going to take care of it whether we see it or not. That job, the business we own is not our provision. Our provision comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from other people. It doesn't come from how much people shop at the pink post office boutique, okay? It comes, it comes solely from the Lord. Now, don't get me wrong. All of you ladies, you are a godsend, all right? <laughs> all of you ladies are godsend. We appreciate your patronage, all right? But whether you like it or not, the Lord is using you to bless us because the Lord knows that our faith is there and that we're going to use that blessing to bless other people. And so that when people see the faith that we have in our giving, that their faith explodes and they know that if they give to the kingdom, that God is going to give back, pressed down, shaken together and running over. People begin to, to remove themselves from relationship in the church well before they begin to lose faith in God. Very few times will you find someone I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm saying very, very few times are you going to find someone who today is here chatting it up with you guys, having fun, worshiping the Lord, and then tomorrow just says, you know what, I just don't believe that anymore. It starts by removing yourself from relationship. Why? Because the gospel was never meant to be lived out by yourself. Like I said, Hebrew 10, 24 through 25, we read it a minute ago. Let us consider how to stir up one another to good works, to f love and good works. Another, an uh, another uh, version says, let us, uh, let us consider how to stir each other to faith and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, right? Stir up one another, that's reciprocal. That's not, hey, why don't you learn to stir other people up? That's not what the verse says. It says, let us learn to stir up one another. It's reciprocal. As you begin to stir, other people begin to stir. The faith that you have sparks faith in other people. It's about relationship. It's been a privilege to me, guys, for the past year to work with you guys. The people who have been 
we appreciate it. We're so glad that our visitors are here this morning, okay? We are so glad that you guys are here. It is a blessing to have you with us. But those of you who have been with us for the past year and have gone through moving out of one building, moving into a mobile building, setting up and breaking down every single week, not having anywhere to meet throughout the week, youth having to come to my house and tear it up every Wednesday night, those of you who have stuck with us through that and had faith that something better was coming, it has been a privilege to do that with you, to walk this walk with you. It's been a privilege to see some of the things that God's doing in your life. To see some of you guys have so much faith that you want to take in others to share that faith with. Michael and Kinsley, Jeremy and April, wanting to share that faith with another child because you know that God has better for these kids. And trust in the Lord that no matter what happens in their life, that the seed that you sow is going to continue. It's been a privilege to watch this and to be a part of y'all's faith journey. It's been amazing. Don't get me wrong. Never ever would I wish that something bad happens to somebody just so I can see how their faith is going to react. I'm never going to say, Ryan and Hillary, I think you guys have it a little bit too good. So I'm just going to pray that the Lord send some trials your way and we'll see how you react and, you know, then your faith is going to build my faith. It's going to be awesome. You know, not, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Lord, I want my faith to build. Please hurt somebody else so that I can just believe with them. Right? <laughs> so never, never would I do that. But we live in a fallen world. We are going to come against trials. We are going to come against the enemy. But I love to hear how the Lord has cut the enemy off at the knees. How the Lord has showed up and shown off for people. I share it, and sometimes it sounds like I'm bragging. Because I'm sharing, hey, you know what, the, the boutique, man, we're just, we're booming. We're able to both go full-time and we're able to live off of the money that we make. We're not struggling. The, Lord, the Lord's blessed us there. It sounds like I'm bragging, right? But all I can speak is my, my experience. And my experience is that the Lord is faithful. When you begin to trust Him, when you begin to, to, to just follow His leading, the Lord is faithful. And so, yeah, I'm bragging a little bit, but I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on the Lord. I'm bragging on the things that God has done in my life because I want my faith to spark your faith to, so we can do this thing together. little illustration, this isn't even in my notes. But Jesus went to the garden to pray, right? And he took his disciples with, us, with him and he said, You guys stay here and keep watch. I want you to stay here and keep watch. And he goes off and prays. And then he comes back and they're asleep. And he's like, guys, wake up. I need you. I need you awake. Why? It wasn't because he needed a guard. It's because he wanted them to see his faith being worked out. He wanted them to see what it meant to dive into a relationship with the Lord so that, his faith, so that their faith would continue to build, continue to grow. I love talking about what the Lord has done. That's part of stirring up one another to love and good works. It's all about doing this thing together. Your faith sharpens my faith. My faith sharpens your faith. Again, if you're feeling disconnected, evaluate. The things that you talk to people about in the, in the church, in the body. Evaluate the relationships that you have, that you're building. I'm not saying everybody in here has to be best friends and spend each other at each other's, uh, uh, spend the night at each other's house and, and have dinners and have people, you know, cookouts and every single night of the week. But I'm saying as we begin to foster the relationships outside of here, the things that are going on inside of here are going to just continue to grow. Because 
when we get together, we don't even have to be talking about Jesus, but just knowing the things that are going on in each other's life and seeing how faith is working in each other's life. We're here, let's see, I get here at 8.30 on Sunday mornings. We're gone from here by about 12, 12.30 tops. Four hours. That's four hours. Four hours is not enough time for me to get an understanding of what's going on in your life. Especially considering that most of the time you guys are sitting here listening to one of us talk. As our relationships outside the church continue to grow, the way the Spirit's moving inside the body is going to continue to grow. It, it, it's, it's natural. It is a natural progression. I've had, I've had relationships with friends over the years um, where the friends, we begin to see a move of the Lord, right? We begin to see God moving. We, we begin to see lives changed. And, and, and I've had friends that have, that have gotten to a point where they're like, yes, I've got so much of Jesus. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow after that. And don't get me wrong, you can never have too much of Jesus. The problem is that the, they begin to try to live out the gospel of Christ by themselves. And they begin to follow the fact that it's about me and Jesus. It is a Jesus-only gospel. You don't have to do anything else to go to heaven. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Scripture is very clear. John 3.16 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Boom, period. Right? But the way you live things out and your ability to continue in that path is contingent on your relationship with others. These friends that I've had that moved into this, you know, it's, you know I've got a great, I study scripture outside by myself, you know, and, and I get with other believers, you know, we get together, we have cookouts you know, we, we do those things. That, so that's not forsaking the assembly, right? Get, just getting together at each other's house, that's cool. But they don't talk about anything spiritual. Those same friends, the last time we, we sat down and had a conversation, did not believe that the Bible was infallible. Did not believe that the Bible was true. Believed that it was a guidebook for just one of the many truths out there. And how dare we as Christians... Try to impose our truth on anyone else simply because we think it's true. I'm not saying that it's impossible to live a Christ centered life aside from the body of Christ. But what I am telling you. It's kind of like the gospel wasn't meant to be, to be lived out alone. It's kind of like a car wasn't meant to fly. You find a high enough cliff, you can make it fly for a little bit. But it's going to end disastrously. Right? That's what the gospel is like. We are never meant to do this alone. We are never meant to fly that car. The problem is that a lot of times it's not just you. You think that if you move and, and you remove yourself from the equation that things are going to be okay. But it's not just you. It's people that see you leave. Worst off, it's your kids. The people that are under you spiritually. You begin to remove yourself from a relationship with other believers, your kids see that. They understand that. They may not exa understand exactly what's going on, but they understand that, that you don't put a premium on spending time with other believers. That you put a premium on doing things your own way. And your kids are no different. They're just on a, they're just on a, you know, a kid level. They're just on a kid level. If you, if you don't enjoy church, how are you going to make your kids enjoy church? 
if you don't want to be here, why should they want to be here? If you don't give everything you have to make sure the kingdom is advancing, why should they? Our relationships shape our faith. My relationship with my parents shaped my faith. They guided me, guided me, guided me until they could take the hand off and, and see that God was, and, and, and I could see that God was doing something amazing in their life. For good or for bad, your relationships will shape your faith. We want to be a people that see the Lord work in people's lives. We want to be a people that when, 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 when visitors do come in, that they see faith at work so much that we say, you know what? We may be small now, but God has something big for us. And we are going to step into that. Don't get me wrong. I think Pastor will agree. We, we love to grow. We love to grow. We love to have people here. But we want to be more effective in our community than to build a massive following here in, in, the, in the body. Anybody who has worked with me as a youth pastor for long will know that I have reached out to multiple churches in an attempt to stop this whole, they're coming to my church, they're coming to my church thing. We are about advancing the kingdom here at New City Church. We're not about advancing New City Church. We are about advancing the kingdom. And we want our faith to live that out. We want to understand that if someone comes to us and says, you know what, I'm not really feeling the service. We... We want them to see faith so much that we know that just because they decided that they wanted to go somewhere else doesn't mean that it's going to hurt us. That we are okay with saying, look, as long as you are getting fed, let's, let's help you find a body to go to. Let's help you find somewhere that you do fit in. One of our sister churches, you know, we, we've got a lot of Church of Gods in the area. That, that I'm good friends with the Church of God pastors there. So if our church isn't, you know, isn't quite your fit, let us, let us find a church that would be your fit. And if, church of God, if any of the Church of Gods don't fit, you know what? I'll start reaching out. I'll reach out to Redemption. These guys down here are phenomenal. They came down. They helped us do some stuff here just to welcome us to the neighborhood. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that midsummer we're going to be able to have a joint uh, midsummer bash with them, and that you know they're Baptists, we're Church of God, but who cares? We want the Lord to do something great. We want the Lord to move. We want to see the kingdom advance. It's kind of like kind of like a uh, uh, you know bad pyramid scheme, right? Uh, I get two, they get two. Those four get two more, so then those eight, yeah, you get the idea. Starts here, boom. And instead of getting paid in, you know, goofy prizes or whatever that pyramid schemes normally, normally uh, pay you in, we get paid in faith. Because as we see these people, as we see their faith growing, our faith begins to grow. And then the scripture starts coming alive. When you see other people's faith start to grow, when you see people coming to the Lord, when you see that the word does not return to him void, your faith starts to grow. It's like when I saw my parents going through what they did, my faith began to burst out so that scriptures like Matthew 6, 25 stand out. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Is, not, is life not more than food and the body not more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in the barns, and yet the Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single day to your life? Or why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not clothe you? 
you of little faith. Those things began because of the faith that my parents had. Those scriptures, all of a sudden, I've read them, I read them a hundred times growing up. But all of a sudden, that scripture begins to take a new life to me. Because I can see, and I, and I say, this is how God reacts to the faith in my parents. He'll react that way to my faith too. I've seen it before, and he'll do it again. That's what the faith of others begins to do in us. You begin to read through these things with new eyes. Because our walk with Christ was never meant to be by ourselves. Because when we come up against something that we've never seen before, when we come up against a problem that we've never seen before and we're by ourselves, all we can think about is how we've reacted in the past. But when we do this thing together, when our faith continues to grow together, and we come up against something, I can say, you know what? If I'm not mistaken, this person has gone through this before. And their reaction to the Lord was different than I would have done. But it spurred their faith. Our relationships with each other spur us to react to our situations in new and unique ways. Because we've seen other people do it before. And we've seen the way the Lord has responded to them. And others outside of the body will see it too. They'll see your good works. They'll see your faith. They'll see your trust in the Lord. And they'll glorify your Father that's in heaven. Let's pray real quick. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the day, God. God, we thank you and we praise your name that you have shown up and you have shown off. God, we believe that nothing is impossible for you. And we believe that you have knit us together. That we are a people of love and of faith. And we understand, God, that sometimes it even takes that faith just to love each other. Sometimes it takes that faith to even be in the same room with each other because we are human. But God, just like you have reconciled others in the past, we have seen faith at work. And we believe that you are continuing to bind us together. Father, And we, we believe that you are continuing to add to our ranks. Not just the ranks of New City Church, but ranks of the ranks of the kingdom. So that as our faith grows, their faith grows. And as their faith grows, our faith grows. And as our faith grows, we continue to grow in numbers. Because your word does not go forth and then return void. We praise you. We thank you so much for everything you're doing here at New City Church. We love you. And in your mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you guys for sitting through that. I appreciate it, you know, uh, we're a little bit early, but not, not too terribly early. We do have uh, one more thing that we want to get to real quick. A couple weeks ago, uh, we got a chance to honor uh, our graduates. We had a few seniors from high school and a, a wonderful college graduate, um, uh, and unfortunately we had one that couldn't be here that morning. Uh, so we want to take a moment uh, to honor that graduate. Uh, Love, you want to come up? You need a microphone? There you go. You there, Sean? There it is. Come on down, Miss Jessie. <laughs> yeah, like a clap would be great. Good job. <laughs> Come on, Miss Jessie. You're good. You want to stand right there? You can. 
Okay, girl. All right, so we're super excited for Jessie. I'm going to just kind of read off really quick what, um, what she has accomplished, but she is graduating or graduated with honors from the Alabama Connections Academy, and she is going to be attending the University of South Alabama in the fall to pursue computer science. Mom tells me she's super smart, so we're very excited for Jessie, and we are going to pray over her real quick. Mom, do you want to come stand with her? Um, Jared, do you want to do that? Sure. Yes. Yes, We're I do. Pray over I Jesse. absolutely do. <laughs> okay. You really yeah. All right. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for Jesse, God. God, we thank you for the work that you're doing in her life. God, we thank you uh, that, that, that she has graduated, God, and you are going to continue to walk with her. God, we pray that as she goes through her life and as she goes through college and she gets into her career, God, and she gets into relationships, Lord, that you show up in those relationships, God. God, let her know that her church family is there for her. Her church family has entered into a relationship that is binding through the Spirit, God, that if she needs anything, that, that she is welcome to come to any one of us. Father, we thank you that she is a part of our body. God, we, just, we pray that you just begin to work and continue to give her direction in, in the past that she has, in the, in the ideas that she wants. And God, let her not lose the passions of her youth. The things that she desires, the thing that she enjoys, God, allow that to be a part of who she is, God. Allow that to be a part of her, of her uh, uh, aspirations growing up, uh, that as she gets into her career, God, that she can put into effect the things and the desires that you've placed in her life. God, we love you so much, and we thank you so much for putting Jesse in our lives, and we thank you for continually blessing her. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, guys, let's all give... We have for you, um, uh, this is a She Reads Truth Bible. It is an amazing study Bible. They, uh, they actually have them in She Reads Truth and He Reads Truth, and they are targeted specifically towards young ladies to be able to read and grasp in, uh, uh, the, the Scripture in a way that will be most effective to them. It's a wonderful, wonderful Bible. So, Absolutely, absolutely. So don't let Mama steal it too much. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much. We're so glad you guys are part of New City Church. All right. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been a wonderful day, and I appreciate everyone showing up, even though... Okay, she's going to make a quick announcement. Surprise. Um, so, real quick, I mean, you guys know that we are, uh, our youth is headed to Six Flags today. We'll be back on Tuesday. We're super excited. Um, I just had kind of like a mini planning meeting with a couple of youth kids just kind of trying to pick their brains about some stuff we want to do. And so, we are going to have in July uh, a big whole shindig field day with like water inflatables and like slip and slide dodgeball, kickball, the whole shenanigans. So, it's going to be a good time. Super pumped. But second big thing is um, y'all will be seeing floating around on Facebook I'm just gonna keep it real honest there is no technically youth budget so what we're gonna do is we're creating an Amazon wish list